Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm and have a live link at thetrumpet.com. Thanks for joining us in those locations. And all of our programming is available also in podcast form wherever you like to get your podcasts. I want to start today with a quote from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This is Lesson 31. If you haven't signed up for uh, the course, please do so. It's free at thetrumpet.com, and it will really help you with your Bible study. But this uh, particular quote says this, The Sinaitic Covenant, commonly called the Old Covenant, was a marriage agreement between Israel and the Logos, the spokesman of the God family. The basis of that covenant was the Ten Commandments, which Israel agreed to obey as a wife obeys her husband. The Ten Commandments were spoken from Sinai on the day of Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit was not then given to the nation. The coming of the Holy Spirit did not occur until another Pentecost. You can read about that in Acts 2. It says, For the New Testament church, and we now look forward to a new covenant. There's a new covenant coming. It's a marriage covenant, and it's a marriage between Christ and his church. And then, of course, there's a lot of uh, children that come from that, spiritual children as well. Notice this passage in Jeremiah 31. We have... um, Several passages to look at today, talking about this coming marriage between Christ and his church, and um, also looking at some of the things that God's church has to be doing today. This is in Jeremiah 31, and we'll look at verses 31 through 33. Behold, the days come, says the Eternal, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I wasn't husband unto them, says the Eternal. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Eternal. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. So there's a new covenant coming. Israel, anciently, as we read there, they, they had an agreement with God. They had a covenant, but they couldn't obey God. They agreed to do it. They agreed to obey the Ten Commandments, and they didn't, though. They didn't have God's Spirit, and so they struggled with that law, and they couldn't obey it. Now, the problem wasn't in the law. The problem was that they didn't have a heart to obey. And, and here we read about this new covenant that uh, will be established. And God says, I'll put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. See, this is going to be a different mindset. This isn't going to be a carnally-minded people. This is going to be uh, people that think like God, because actually that, that time they will be part of that God family. This new covenant will only be finalized at the first resurrection. It's going to be finalized at the first resurrection when Christ returns and his first fruits are resurrected to spirit. 
to be part of that God family, part of that bride of Christ, or if they're alive at that time physically, they'll be changed to spirit at Christ's return. But God's people today are to be using the power of God's Holy Spirit to overcome sin and obey God's laws. That new covenant isn't in effect yet. It hasn't been finalized or ratified, but the conditions there uh, are in effect for God's people. They do have to be obeying God and growing and uh, developing more of God's character. Christ has promised to make a new marriage covenant with his people. And today, God's people, his first fruits, his church, they are engaged to marry Christ. That's the status of God's church today. They're not married to Christ yet, but they're engaged to be. Notice this in Romans 7. And if, if this is a topic that you haven't heard about before, it can you know seem a little maybe different, uh, but it's biblical. And uh, these are passages that uh, the world doesn't talk about. They really don't talk about these things, but God's people certainly do. Notice Romans 7 and verse 4. It says, Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. This is talking about marrying Christ. He's the one that's raised from the dead. No one else has been, not to spirit life. No one else has been. And then we see here what God's people need to be doing in this time period of being engaged to marry Christ. It says we should bring forth fruit unto God, now fruits of God's spirit. We need to bring forth fruits of God's spirit. And you can read about that in Galatians 5. It lists the fruits of the spirit. And of course, those fruits can only be produced by the power of God's spirit. So that's what's to be done there. Dead to the law, Paul says here, but he's talking about obeying the law so that the death penalty doesn't apply because we're forgiven of past sins and we move forward to obey God using the power of God's spirit, bringing fruits unto God. Notice Revelation 19. Revelation 19. You see here that God's people have to be growing and obeying God and and uh, keeping his commandments. See, the problem with ancient Israel wasn't the commandments. The problem was that they didn't have God's spirit. They didn't have a heart to obey. But God's people should be developing more of that heart to obey, using God's spirit to do that. Revelation 19, verses 6 through 9, this shows that marriage, that marriage that Paul was talking about here in Romans. Revelation 19, verses 6 through 9, it says, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. So that gives you a time period. This is when God reigns. This is when Christ returns to this earth. And he reigns and he rules. Verse 7, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. So that's when that marriage will come between Christ and the church. It's at Christ's second coming. That's when that new covenant is ratified. It's official because God's spirit born at that time, people, will never sin. They'll never sin. They'll always keep that covenant. They'll have a heart to obey perfectly. And 
the wife, it says, has made herself ready. That gets back into what we read there in Romans 7, bringing forth fruit unto God, fruits of the Holy Spirit. So during this time period of being engaged to marry Christ, God's people being begotten, not yet born, but begotten, they have to be producing fruits, growing and developing. And then verse 7 here in Revelation 19 shows that the wife has made herself ready. That's how she did it. She brought forth fruit unto God, using the power of God's Spirit. Revelation 19 here in verse 8, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. That's how she's ready. I mean, she's, she's righteous. She's clean. And there's no sin there. And so that is the process that God's people are going through now, growing, developing, more of God's character, conquering sin. And all of it is only possible by using the power of God's Holy Spirit. Ancient Israel didn't have access to that as a, as a whole, of course, Moses had God's Spirit and others that were used in certain ways, but as a whole, they didn't have access to that. And it proved that without God's Spirit, we can't obey God. We just can't. We don't have a heart to obey. We need God's Spirit. And then use God's Spirit, follow its lead, Christ leading us through that. We need to follow that lead and use that power to produce fruits. Bring forth fruit unto God. The marriage, the ratification of the new covenant, that takes place at the return of Jesus Christ. And we just read about that in Revelation 19. The correspondence course says Christ, the messenger of the covenant, you can read about that in Malachi 3 and verse 1, will come to his spiritual temple, that's the church, and make the new covenant a marriage agreement. Jesus Christ and the church will be bound together in marriage for eternity by the terms and conditions of the new covenant. And it's going to be an eternal marriage. It's going to bring forth wonderful fruits. Unfortunately, in this world today, there's a lot of divorce. That's not what God ever intended, but people have a hardness of their hearts and uh, go the wrong direction at times. But that won't be the case when it comes to Christ marrying the church. It's going to be an eternal marriage, and it's going to bring, well, untold numbers of spiritual children into that family. But God's church has to be growing today. It has to be clean today. Of course, that's an individual matter. We all have to do our part and uh, to be growing individually and be unified as a church in doing that. But notice Ephesians 5 here in verses 26 through 27 This talks about marriage, but as it's brought out, it's really talking about Christ marrying the church. You know, we learn about that in physical marriage. God's plan is brilliant in that way. We we have these physical marriages and families, and it teaches us about spiritual marriage and spiritual family, and we can understand it. That's why you see such an attack against, as they call it, traditional, (laughs) they mean biblical, uh, marriage and family, just even the structure. But notice Ephesians 5 here in verses 26 through 27. It says that he might sanctify and cleanse it, talking about the church, the first fruits, with the washing of water by the word, 
that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. See, it's an amazing process. And God's spirit is being used and people are, you know, that are called and that are repentant and have been baptized. They have God's spirit and God's working with them to clean them up, to help them to grow to where they can be that bride of Christ. And it's a process and it takes time, but there's character development there. There's growth there. Christ is looking for that church that's, again, it's it's holy and without blemish. And of course, as humans... People don't uh, become perfect in a day. It takes time, and it's a, it's a continual process, and we're working on that. But that's the direction that it's heading. And that's what God's Spirit is empowering people to do when they follow the lead of God's Spirit. As Christ leads them through that Spirit, they can become holy and without blemish. And that's what Christ is doing to prepare his church to be able to marry him when he returns. Notice 2 Peter 1 and verse 4. Look at 2 Peter 1 and verse 4. You know, we read there in Ephesians 5 about the washing of water by the word. And and so when God's people use his spirit, it, it leads them to follow the word of God, to keep the word of God. And then there's no death penalty there because those past sins have been forgiven and people are moving forward in obedience. It's a wonderful thing. And it's It's freedom. It's freedom from sin and freedom from the destructive uh, fruits of sin, just terrible things. And we look around at this world and we see so many problems. Well, why do we have those problems? Well, it gets back to people following their own their own lusts as Satan influences them and broadcasts them. He's the God of this world, as it says in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. But God needs a people that will obey him, that have a heart to obey, and that have God's Spirit and are using it. Second Peter 1 and verse 4, it says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, when God gives us his Spirit, it's so that we have the power to become like him. And, and what does he do? Well, he perfectly follows his law. And, and when we become more like God, we are escaping the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, there's such an emphasis on obedience to God's law, but it's a wonderful thing. But we have to make sure we understand that obedience is essential, and it takes God's spirit to really do that. To marry Christ, God's people have to conquer sin. And to conquer sin, they have to follow the lead of God's Holy Spirit. God's Spirit leads us in the path of righteousness. So, does keeping the law matter to God? Of course it does. I mean, just these are just a few of the passages. There's so many that talk about obedience to God and talk about the way Christ lived. If we just want to look at his perfect example, which we should... <laughs> the husband that's going to marry the church? How did he live? Well, he perfectly followed his father. Keeping the law matters. It matters. And it has to be done by the power of God's spirit. Notice Matthew 16. What we do today matters. 
Matthew 16, verse 27, it says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. This is talking about the second coming, right at that time when he's going to marry the church, and the new covenant will be ratified. So that's the time period. That's what it's talking about. It says, And then he shall reward every man according to his works. So there's a reward according to works. We're not saved by works. We can't earn that. That's a gift from God. There are conditions to receiving that gift, but there is a reward for works. You know, if a person really grows, they really use God's Spirit and they develop those fruits that we read about, talked about in Romans, developing fruits unto God, they're going to be rewarded according to that. That's an awesome promise. Does what we do today matter? Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. God wants to give out as much as he can in terms of rewards. He's got everything to give, and he's really looking to give out as much as he can. But it depends on how much people use God's Spirit today. Notice Revelation 3 and verse 21. Here's a really important point. When it comes to marrying Jesus Christ and this time period we're in now, preparing for that marriage, Revelation 3 and verse 21, it says, To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. This is Jesus Christ talking. And he says, okay, to him that overcomes, and that has to be somebody that's been called and, you know, chosen, and they've repented and been baptized, and they have God's Spirit, and they're using it, they're following it, they're being empowered by it, and they're using it to overcome. And how do they overcome? As Christ overcame, that's what he says, even as I also overcame. Now, Christ was perfect, but he had to conquer He had to make sure that he defeated Satan, and Satan did battle him. You read about that in Matthew 4. He always obeyed his father, tested in every point, but he never sinned. That's how we have to overcome, just like he did. And like he says, to him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. See, there's real rulership coming here, but it's to those that overcome as Christ overcame. Christ perfectly obeyed his Father, using the power of God's Holy Spirit to do so. Always used God's Spirit, was always recharging through prayer and drawing close to his Father. And Christ's first fruit bride also has to use God's Spirit to obey God more and more, growing in grace and knowledge, preparing to marry Christ. And then truly the bride will have made herself ready to marry Jesus Christ and ratify or make officially valid the new covenant. What we do today does matter. It's very important. And we can see here that we have to be using God's spirit to obey God and produce fruits of that spirit, all being done in preparation to marry Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about this, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This uh, lesson is Lesson 31 in particular, but uh, the whole course is essential, so please sign up for that and take it. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God.
You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.